Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome new listeners to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 4, Episode 16, and with me as always is Jen. Hey, Jen. Hello. Jen and I and Tyler went to the beach this past weekend, had a great time. Nothing How I Met Your Mother related to that trip at all. Not that I can think of. Wonderful time, though. (laughs) Despite all that, (laughs) we had a great time. And we're about to have an even better time because we are recapping Sorry Bro. I don't know if that's better than the beach. It's pretty close. (laughs) There are so many things I loved about this episode. There were multiple recurring characters that we love. There are multiple spouses of cast members in this Mm -hmm. episode. A lot of callbacks. Uh, Karen just knocked it out of the park as a character. Right. It was so good. Such a great counterpart to Ted's douchiness. Yes. Um, Before we get into all that, we do have an email from Danielle about last week's episode, uh, The Stinsons. Danielle writes, hi, hi. It was an okay episode. I remember having the same expression on my face as the rest of the gang when Barney says he has a wife and son for the first time seeing this episode. What the heck, Ted? I think reference to Ted making out with his oh. wife. <laughs> yeah. The worst joke would have to be Ted's backstory after everyone finds him. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it's unrealistic. It's corny. But I still like his delivery of it and what it does to Loretta. Mm-hmm. Nothing really made me laugh in this episode, so the best would have to be Barney saying kid actors were better in the 80s because I get the reference now. (laughs) And references always make me smile and laugh. Love ya. P.S. Joining you for an episode would be cool. I think there are soundproof booths at my college to watch DVDs. I'll look into it. Yay. So I'll I'll write back to you, Danielle, but maybe we could figure out out of the remaining episodes which one would be your favorite, and we'll look to possibly have you on that one if I can figure out. And then we have to figure out how how to to have a guest. (laughs) Right. So I'm guessing it has to be some combination of Zoom and recording, but we'll have to test it out a few times. Yeah. We're not overly tech-savvy here. All right, let's get into the episode. I really love this. Was it as good as you remembered? I didn't hear you laughing that much when it you were watching it. It wasn't. And I'm going to put the caveat in that, like, I'm not at my best tonight. I don't feel well. I had a headache. Mm-hmm. It's Monday. It's first day of school. I'm tired. But I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. The pants stuff did not really work for me. That was my one complaint is I remember liking the pants stuff more. But there were things I did enjoy about it, and I'll get into that. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple jokes that I liked, but... Overall, I felt like the story was kind of weak compared to the Karen stuff. You know. I'll give you that. Had I been feeling a little bit better tonight, I might have enjoyed it more. I didn't hate it. Like, I definitely... It's sorry, bro. It's great. But I I feel like on another night, I would have enjoyed it more. You've mentioned this when you were preparing these transcripts that are kind of broken up in a funny way that we download now. So you have to put it back together Mm -hmm. to make it a little easier to read. While I was doing that, because I do that... For both of us now, I went through the whole episode, and it kind of hard, and it kind of ruined the nice little surprises. Right? Yeah, that's so the, that was hard for me in this, but I still appreciate the genius of this episode. Right. So that's why I kind of am glad that you took over the transcripting because it does take away a bit of the surprise and kind of feel like you watch the episode before you even watch it. I have a lot of little comments to make as we go through this, so I'll just. It, it, 
I'll pepper them through. There's some fun facts. There is some personal stories that I relate to this. We start off with the narrator expositing for us that Robin now is a host on a morning talk show. It's on so early that she has to get up at 2 a.m. or before 2 a.m. to get ready for the show, which starts at 4, I guess. Yeah, I guess she's actually, like, leaves for work at 2 a.m. Right, so she's probably getting up at 1, maybe 1.30 at the latest. Yeah, I mean, she's entering McLaren's at 1.45. Oh, was it? I thought it was 2 a.m. Oh, they said you're going to work at 2 a.m., so it seems like... Yeah, so did all this happen in 15 minutes? Yeah. I mean, I guess potentially if you know, 2 a.m. could be closing. Like, you can see, I noticed in the background of the bar, like, a bunch of chairs are up on the table, so I guess it is getting to be closing I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about that, that the time frame of this is in such a truncated frame that this would all have had to happen in 15 minutes, which could be done if you don't, if you take out the flashbacks. Right, right. So, yeah, that's interesting. Robin says that she's doing this for the fans. Then there's a little passing around of who are the fans. I thought the only one that made me laugh was Barney saying the strippers in that messy gray area between getting off work and getting their kids up for school. Because I, I never thought about it, but I bet that is a thing. Probably. Uh, Robin wants to know what's been going on. I guess she's been out of the loop lately. Marshall says just the huge. And Barney takes this as an opportunity to bring up the pants story, which is, as he claims, the funniest thing that has ever happened. Well, I don't think we find out that it's a pants-related story for a while. Right. <laughs> we get a lot of slow build to what doesn't end up <laughs> really paying off for me. Yeah, like that, that kind of hurts it, because we think it is actually going to be that funny. But again, there's moments of it that are good. And I think, you know, probably part of the joke is that Barney thinks this is so hilarious and it's really not the, that funny. And just his giggle fits throughout our our. That's the good. best part of it. Yeah. Yeah. His, his giddiness around all this is probably the funniest part. Yeah. And so maybe the show knows the story's not that great, but it's the Barney buildup that's supposed to be funnier. I think the pants story works in a couple ways in that one, yes, there are some laughs. Uh, the problem with it is it's not balanced well with the other story, but it also seems like it's there to be able to break up the other story appropriately because they needed a second story right. to come in on this. Right. So Barney asked Robin to think of the funniest thing that's ever happened and then double it, and Robin's go-to is a chimpanzee wearing two tuxedos. We've mentioned this before where there's a lot of monkey jokes <laughs> in this show. And maybe Robin likes fancy animals. Wasn't she talking about penguins or not is, that, is that later that's later <laughs> they're just so fancy Marshall tries to come all this down look it's not that good a story and Robin says you guys are four young active people living in the most exciting city on earth you're telling me you have no stories for me this is a little reminiscent of James when he's trying to pep them up to go out talking mm-hmm. about how this is the most vibrant city on earth that they're in and uh, they kind of go around the group saying Nothing really news going on. Literally the same stuff at school. Barney, I like his, I used deceitful means to hook up with a less than intelligent girl. Right. And then Ted lets everybody knows, lets everyone know that his ex-girlfriend, Karen, moved to town and just tries to brush past it. And Lily immediately calls him out on this. Lily and Marshall have a very negative reaction to this. The narrator comes in and says, kids, I think I've told you about Karen. Well, we haven't learned about Karen yet. This is our first introduction to her. Oh, is it? Oh, well, no, that's not true. She was mentioned when they were going back to how Ted thought that he had hooked up with Lily in school 
and he was on the phone with Karen. Right. Trying to, at first saying he was going to break up with her, maybe, and then begging to get her back. And then wasn't there, like, in the... That was, that was really all we got of it, I think. In the Fiero episode? Was it the Fiero episode? Arrivederci like, Fiero. calls her crying on her voicemail. Or, You're and right. And says, like, I'm going to leave you an electronic mail. That's right. Yeah, there, there was more of Karen than I actually okay. remember. So, that's so this is point. the first time we put a face to a name, but we have heard the name in passing. And we get the actress, Laura Prepon, best known for that 70s show. And I think she was in Orange is the New Black for a while, wasn't she? Yes. Was she a big <laughs> cast member yes. in it? Okay. She was a main character, yes. not just a pass-through. Correct. All right. Well, apparently her and Ted dated in high school and intermittently through college. And he puts out front that Marshall and Lily were not a fans of her. Because every time she opened her mouth, something really obnoxious and douchey came out. Right. So we get a lot of flashbacks to college. <laughs> so, yeah, this is where this episode is really good. Karen is just the worst. <laughs> yeah, the first thing we get of her in the flashback to the dorm is her saying, I love that you guys live in a dorm. It's so American. It's like, let's all eat bologna sandwiches and be racist. <laughs> now, where is Karen going to school that she doesn't live in a dorm? <laughs> Maybe she comes from some money where she's living in an apartment off campus. She's, she mentions a school in Provincetown. Oh, no, I think it's, yeah. Lily mentions that Ted will go up to Providence. What's in oh, Providence? Providence? Brown is. Oh, okay. So I assume she goes to Brown. Yeah, I said Provincetown, but Providence is right. So, I mean, obviously, I guess she's just being facetious. I think Lexi is there, too, the Rhode Island School of Design. Hmm. But I'm assuming she goes to Brown. Yeah, Brown makes more sense. Uh, yeah, so I guess she's just she's just being a douche, obviously. She probably lives in a dorm, and she knows what a TV is. She can go back to Columbia and take that little brown boy with her, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Line from Modern Family. Look it up. I don't know that that's going to go over well, but okay. <laughs> Well, it didn't in Modern Family. Right. Lily says that she was such a douche. Marshall says, dude, she was the heiress of the Massengill fortune. Which I kind of like that as a reference to being a douche. <laughs> Ted argues she wasn't that bad, and then they counter that that's because she turned him into one of her douche zombies. And as we go through these flashbacks, he is. Right. So we get a flashback of them all eating cup of noodles. Lily asks to pass the asks Karen to pass the salt. Karen. <laughs> salt? So bourgeois. And t- Doesn't make any sense. Totally. And then she kind of like smiles at him and he gives like the goofiest in love smile back to her. Yeah. Josh Radner had to practice that look in the mirror to get it just right <laughs> because it is so well done. But also, Lily, in what world does cup of noodles need salt? Okay. But in what world is salt bourgeois? I don't know. <laughs> Another time she enters, points at the TV, and asks, what's that thing? Marshall says, that's a TV, Karen. And did you notice what Marshall was doing? No. He was eating the a bowl, bowl of fruit. fruit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I didn't catch it the first time. I went back to see if I could catch some of Ted's college outfits, and then I noticed it. <laughs> yeah, but I have a real problem with this, and we'll get to that. Oh, okay. A big hot take coming? Yeah. No, no. I just pointed out a, a continuity error in this story retelling. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, Karen says, I don't watch TV. Which is, clearly, she said, what's that thing, just to set just it up so she that. could say, I don't watch TV. And we've, it's been a while, but I've met these people. I, yeah, this always falls into one of my favorite categories of jokes, of people who, 
people who pretend they don't own a TV or what a TV is, and then the people who respond like us of like, what do you do with all your free time? Or yeah. like in <laughs> friends, in friends, it's like, what do you point your furniture at? Right. <laughs> it also makes me think of Pulp Fiction, where um, Samuel Jackson's character is describing who one of the other characters is, and says she was in a pilot of a TV show. And the John Travolta character says, I don't watch TV. Samuel <laughs> <laughs> Jackson says, well, you are aware that there is a thing called a TV, <laughs> and on it they have television shows. Right. <laughs> people just love it. I don't think, I feel like you don't see this as much now or hear this as much now, but people used to just love to brag how they don't watch TV. Now, I would like to check in with those people a year and a half into this pandemic and find out if that is still the case. Yeah, that'd be a good question if we can hunt them down. <laughs> and as she says this, and Ted gives another totally, <laughs> you see Marshall's face is so pained. Oh, right. And then we get the whole WrestleMania thing, which is more funny because Lily comes in with a two-by-four, which <laughs> one, of the, one of the pro wrestling characters did that back in the day. I can't remember who. I didn't follow it closely enough. I'm not sure who Marshall was dressed up to look like. I read it in the trivia, but it didn't click anything for me. I obviously never followed who wrestling. Did not say who it was? It did, but I don't remember. Oh, it didn't. Okay. It, it wasn't a recognizable name to me. Um, Marshall complains that the makeup didn't come off for a month. Like, I guess it's Karen's fault in that she lied to get him to dress up that way, but he's the idiot that put the makeup on. So. Yeah, most makeup like that will come off right away, so I think it was poor shopping on his part. Yeah. That the kind that didn't. I don't know that we blame this Karen. Who on makes this. makeup like that? No one needs to wear makeup that long. Right. Oh, well. I mean, did he just use paint? Oh, could be. Acrylic paint so it couldn't come off with water? <laughs> with water. Let me get a slight continuity error where he says he had to meet Lily's parents, but Lily's parents have been divorced for a while. Do we know that they were divorced before college? Oh, I don't know that that's the case. I thought they had been divorced for a long time. I don't know that we ever know that factually. I don't, I don't think we okay. get a date on that. So Barney tries to push the pants story again. I, I, I do like the way he's saying, I almost don't want you to know it because nothing will ever be as funny to you again. And then at the end, he's like, but seriously, you got to hear it. It's so funny. It's kind of a nice turnaround for him. So if this was me telling the story, I'd be like, it's nothing as funny as Murder Train. <laughs> <laughs> that would be your comparison, yes. In the same castles in the same episode. Marshall gives in. He was at the company gym playing basketball, and then we get a return of Blauman and Bilson, who are uh, masculinity shaming a coworker who may have torn his ACL while playing. We won't go too deep into that one. Marshall then goes to his duffel bag to get out his work clothes, and Barney wants to stop so he can say it. But Marshall gives the floor back to Barney. Again, the only real funny parts of this pan story is Barney's enthusiasm. Right. So then Barney, Barney goes back and forth whether he's going to tell it or Marshall's going to tell it. He says, same time, and then no, you go. And then he, Bar- Barney's actually the one that spills it out. And I want to say we do get a funny scene of Marshall sneaking through the hallway in his suit top but with the shorts. And, like, real short basketball shorts. Yeah, these were some bad gym shorts. These were, like, 1980s middle school gym outfits that he <laughs> right. was wearing. I can't... Yes, it's funnier this way. It right. couldn't be real good athletic shorts. Right. This is better. But, Marshall, come on, man. But there's no way he's actually wearing that to work at. So he forgot his pants. 
I could see this happening. But it's strange to me that his he would have stuffed his suit into the duffel bag. Yeah. I was the gym bag. Trying to think about that. Like, I don't own suits, but don't your jackets and your pants usually hang out together? Yeah, he should have had some sort of hang, them on a hanger. It seems as though he, he just kind of stuffed everything, and everything would have been very wrinkled at that point. So. Right. It doesn't really add up, but we don't need to pick on this part of the story. It's not the important part of the show, or the episode, rather. Right. Robin's unimpressed. <laughs> it's not a chimpanzee wearing two tuxedos. And then she goes down the rabbit hole a little bit thinking more about it. <laughs> what did she say? Did he forget he put the first one on? Stupid monkey. <laughs> <laughs> she can barely speak at this point. Just giggling to herself. It's weird because Ted really doesn't seem to want to know them to know how far this has already gone with Karen. It's I mean, unusual the way it un- unravels. I mean, he brought it up, and she obviously meets them later, so I guess maybe he's it's trying gone to so ease far. in. Oh, and he knows she's coming this right. evening. So maybe he's trying to sort of take the temperature of, are they ready to see her again after all this time? Right. All right. Yeah, because like the story's completely gone off of that, and then he's the one that kind of brings it back. Right. That's why I thought it was interesting. But yeah, I guess that makes sense in retrospect, knowing that she's about to show up. He comes back, so Karen in New York, weird, right? And then we get more Lillian Marshall saying how horrible this would be if he gave her a call. <laughs> right. Would it be the worst thing in the world? No, it would be the fourth worst thing in the world. And I really enjoyed this list. Go ahead. Number one, super volcano. Number two, an asteroid hits the Earth. Number three, all footage of Evil Knievel is lost. Number four, Ted calls Karen. Number five, Lily gets eaten by a shark. And (laughs) I love Lily. I'm Lily, and I approve the order of that list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really put a cap on it. (laughs) Then Lily wants to retell the story of Karen and how back in college it always went the same way. They'd be having fun douching it up, and then one day we get a flashback to the dorm. Ted's coming in with a pizza and saying how... He knows she thinks that pepperoni is fascist. I love her takes on things. I actually do want to spend an evening with her, just for entertainment value, to see how many douchey things she could say. Nice. And just to bring things up to to cue her, to be able to be, you know, virtue signal about one thing or another. Nice. Now, would you be able to do that without arguing? Yes, if I was going in knowing that this is who this was. Okay. Because how am I going to argue that pepperoni's not fascist? It's just such... It's, you can't argue against ridiculous things. I would like to hear the argument for why pepperoni is fascist. Um, I have nothing. I, it's such a weird take. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not smart enough to turn that into a backstory. If anyone has a potential rationale, please. <laughs> if any of our listeners are complete douchebags and... Or if you're just creative and can come up with a reason why pepperoni may be fascist. I want to hear from the douchebags. Okay. Well, douchebags addressed to Steve, people that are just <laughs> creative addressed to me. All right. Now that that's settled. So, yeah, Ted walks into his room with the pizza and sees Karen in his bed with Some somebody dude. else. And then we get the running line of, <laughs> for some reason, they always have to sniff first. Right. Sorry, bro. And then Karen's great. Before you say anything, I think that you should read Baudelaire's La Fleur's de Mal. And Ted. Okay. And I like when she says it, the dude points at him in support (laughs) of her statement. Yeah, go do that. No, I meant to look up, like, does this have anything to do with anything? I think it has to do with free love in France in the mid-centuries. Surprisingly, that wasn't in the trivia that I looked up. And Ted just, yeah, he he acquiesces and (laughs) walks out, agreeing to go read it. 
So then they break up. He's all depressed. And then Marshall says that they wait the appropriate amount of time and they tell him how they really felt, which really just came right <laughs> after he told him about the breakup. We hated our bitch had to go. <laughs> right. And then Ted would go up there, decide to, Providence. to go to Providence. And then he'd, he'd come back and they'd be back together again. Right. And the whole cycle would start again. We have him coming into the dorm room again. Make that 10,002 maniacs because I got Natalie Merchant. And then he sees that she's in bed with another dude. Was it, not, it looked like the same dude, but I didn't go back. No, no. It was a different dude. dude. Okay. He almost looked like the dude that she was dating later when he walked in on her and Ted. Oh, really? But <laughs> no, it was a completely different dude from the first one. And I will say that 10,000 Maniacs was the first concert I ever went to at age 13. Nice. Barney respects this move on Gary's Wait, part. we get another, sorry, bro. Right. From the dude. <laughs> from the new dude number two. Yeah. Yeah, Robin recaps, so she'd come visit you at school, and you'd leave her alone, and she'd be with some... This is so horrible. Can you imagine? (laughs) It's one thing if you were visiting your girlfriend at her school, and you went out for something and came back, and she was sleeping with someone, but that she picked up a stranger at your school. Right. In your room. Now, I guess we find out why she does these things. It was a way to create a breakup. Yeah, that's true. She wasn't trying to get away with it. Jen, just break up with me if... (laughs) Don't do this. Deal. (laughs) Uh, Ted admits that he was an idiot, but at any points out, you know, we've all had bad moments growing up, and junior year, Marshall grew a soul patch and wore a Rasta hat and asked everyone to call him MJ Smooth, which he stands by. Marshall doesn't regret that for a second. (laughs) And I like how Lily nods her head and agreement. Oh, did she? I missed that. (laughs) So Ted says, so you, you don't think I should call her? They're all very angry about this. And he says, interesting piece of trivia, I called her. Barney tries to bring back the pants story again. And Lily says that she's in disbelief. Why don't you just ask her out to lunch while you're at it? <laughs> like, it's, Because, Lily, I'm not going to ask her out to lunch again. again. <laughs> Lily rhetorically asks, why would anyone want to have lunch with their ex? So Barney jumps in. Glad you asked, Marshall. Did you already say that? No, actually, I had that attributed to Lily. You're right. It is Marshall that asked that. Barney has a list. There's four possible reasons. One, they want to get back together. And Lily... For every reason that Barney has, somebody has an example. Yeah. A pretty quick one, too. It's like they all have them locked and loaded for some reason. (laughs) Right. So Lily points out, like, her boyfriend Scooter, and we get a great visit from Scooter. And I will point out that we have... Two spouses in this episode. We have mm-hmm. Blauman, who's married to Kobe Smolders, and we have Scooter, who's married to NPH, which is fun, I think. Yeah, definitely. So this is a weird scene, but Lily's getting Lily, Lily is getting lilies from him, and she makes fun of him for that. Sorry, I didn't get you a scooter. And he, he thinks that's really funny. Lily's feeling uncomfortable. She wants to know where the waiter is. And it's so strange that he makes this leap to, wow, you like waiters? I can be a waiter. I'll be the greatest waiter on this earth, and then you'll love me. This is just setting up a later sight gag, so it's... Right. But, but no one, no human would act this way and think that her wanting to know where the waiter is is because <laughs> she loves waiters. <laughs> Number two, they want to kill you, like when he had lunch with Wendy. So they're, they're pretty dressed up for a lunch, too. Well, he's always dressed up. Right, but like Wendy's in a really nice dress. Yeah, okay, good point. She says, as they're talking, by the way, I have some, there's something I've been meaning to give you. She's reaching in her little hand purse. <laughs> gun. She's got a gun. And he just bolts. Yeah, and she like, pulls out tight. 
not not to him to show because he's gone, but to show <laughs> to other people so they know that she doesn't have a gun. And we remember that when they their relationship ended, he thought she was trying to poison him or kill right. him. Right. Yes. Yeah, so so this like, is good continuity. Right. Exactly. And then we get a great juxtaposition between this and the next scene of, <laughs> right. uh, or you actually do want to give some stuff back, and it's it's Robin at lunch with Kurt, the Iron Man, who we met during the ten sessions. No, we met him during the the platinum, platinum rule. Yeah, <laughs> and just like Wendy, he's saying, "I have something that I want to give back to you." Or that I want to give to you. And he pulls out a gun and points it at her. He points it at her. (laughs) Which you don't do. And Robin doesn't blink. My snub nose 38 police special. I knew I left that somewhere. Every time I watch the news, I'm like, hope that wasn't my gun. (laughs) And (laughs) And he's giggling through this. I love Kurt. Breaking up was the right choice. (laughs) (laughs) And then four to rub your face and how how we're doing. And we get Marshall with, I guess, his elementary school girlfriend, Nicole Barsamian. They're in the cafeteria this time. <laughs> so we get little kids, which is really cute. I feel so bad for little Marshall in this scene. <laughs> I think I've been little Marshall in the scene. Oh. I've probably been little Nicole in the scene, too. But <laughs> as kids, I had a very tumultuous dating history. Funny. I don't know if kids date anymore. Tyler never mentions <laughs> Yeah, I had, a, I had a crush on a girl in first grade. And when I bring up that he might have a crush on anybody at his school, he's... Acts like I'm insane. Right. What? Like, no. That's meaningless to him. Yeah. <laughs> so Nicole tells Marshall that yeah, she's seeing someone. Lee Roberts, he reads at a fifth grade level. And just, yeah, little Marshall's face like, looks so crushed. They think he needs to cancel the lunch. He said he would definitely do that, except he already had it. And I'm like, Lily's got a great line. I'm going to need to borrow the butt of your gun. Lily's really violent in this episode. Yeah. It's right, really graphic. curb stomp him later. Robin. I actually lost it again. <laughs> <laughs> She's so great here. <laughs> like, Lily says, how can you break bread with that woman? Ted, it was just lunch. And you know she doesn't eat wheat. <laughs> <laughs> so they reminisced on, you know, how douchey they used to be. Karen, had, go ahead. She had a beret for every day of the week. He had an iron-on image of Moliere on his backpack. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> He's a French writer. Okay. Poet, I think, mostly. They, yeah, reminisce about, you know, they were very pretentious and... <laughs> <laughs> like, as if they're not anymore. Right. And then we get Scooter approaching as the waiter. Now, wouldn't Ted have remembered him from the wedding? Bill? His hair was longer, so maybe you could say that I he mean, didn't look the same. I mean, if he met him once, and actually, did Ted have a lot of interaction with him? I think Not he, really, but I, I don't know, with all the goings-ons with Bill. Yeah, I mean, if you're not expecting to see someone in a place, I don't know that you would necessarily put it together. He had grown out his hair a bit, but <laughs> he doesn't say much, but he's good in this scene, is his reactions to them. <laughs> right. Karen didn't want to cause a scene, but the wine list has a Chateauneuf de Poup. De Poup. Pope. I can't can't remember how to pronounce these things. It's listing under a Cote de Provence. And as she says this, Ted gasps. gasps. (laughs) He might want to to alert their sommelier. And he asks, she doesn't even order anything. Right. And Scooter just ignores her. And for you, it's a go-up menu, but can you bring me some brochette with some frites mozzarella? (laughs) Grazie. And then Scooter's face. I mean, we really missed an opportunity to do this over the oh weekend. Oh, my God. We were at an Italian restaurant. And they had bruschette. <laughs> <laughs> and then we would have had to order it and then back it back it up and say, no, no, this is just a, a bit. 
I mean, I and would we, And we had enough trouble <laughs> getting our orders across. Yeah, so. they were real slow. But not as slow as the people storming out as we were walking oh, in. Oh, they were real mad. Warning us. And then the people next to us ended up real mad, too, because <laughs> they didn't get served for a while. They, too bad they didn't have Scooter as a waiter. Right. So we get the setup that there was a strange goodbye, and Robin... Robin posits, like, yeah, what... That's the word I was looking for, yeah. posits. Robin, the go best ahead, sorry, way? Robin posits. Robin posits, you know, what is the best way to say goodbye in this type of situation? You know, a kiss on the cheek is too familiar, a handshake is too formal. Barney says a <laughs> hug is just like a public dry hump. Marshall, I think you're hugging wrong. I like the face look. I like the facial exchange at this point between Barney and Marshall. It, it almost seems like they're just having fun now. And Lily wants to know what happened. Turns we get out. the flashback. Uh, it turns out they just end up making out at the end of lunch. Yeah, he's so impressed by her Schopenhauer talk. Do you know who that is? I've heard the name, but okay. now. I feel very unpretentious. <laughs> I don't know any of this stuff. And this is where Lily threatens to curb stomp him. Ted, honey, I want you to go outside and bite the curb. I'll be out in a minute. <laughs> Ooh, that's so brutal. Yeah. Have you, ever, have you seen American History X? Yes, it's what I think of every time I yeah. hear anything related to this. Oh, it's man. Just the worst. I think you made me watch it, so that's on you. Good movie. Yeah. Ted reminds him that she was the first girl he ever loved. She reminds him of what it was like to be 18 and have his whole life figured out. Now, we get a lot of this. Of, it's, it's very reminiscent of when it's, Robin it's, was pining over um, Simon. And Marshall having trouble getting rid of his car. And mm-hmm. They go to this well quite a bit. It's their way of that what, they've, what they're doing or the way they're acting is based on needing to re- revisit their youth somehow. Right. And then Ted tries to change the subject back to the pants. Barney starts rooting for the pants story. He says... Pants story, boomaye. Pants story, boomaye. Which he borrowed from the movie Ali. Ali's training for his fight against George Foreman in Africa, and he's running. And this actually happens during the fight too, where the crowd and the the people of Africa are really rooting for Muhammad Ali, and they're chanting Ali boomaye, Ali boomaye, which means Ali kill him. Although this obviously doesn't make sense <laughs> here. Yeah, this translation isn't quite working. Yeah. So Marshall goes forward with the story. Barney likes to keep asking him to remind what remind everyone what happened, which is he forgot his pants. And then he giggles hysterically. <laughs> we have Lily talking to Marshall from her desk at school, and she agrees to bring him the pants. First she wants to know what happened to his spare pants. <laughs> there was a mustard incident. Lily reels things back. You're not getting off that easy while Marshall's pants story, while amusing... And Barney, like, amusing, try very amusing, which is something we like to use. In fact, I used it in the podcast last week. <laughs> so Lily wants to know what happened next. So Ted says it was just one kiss in the restaurant. Lily immediately pounces. Yeah, she's really on top of his verbiage. Mm-hmm. She's, she's very quick and bright in this episode. Yeah. Why did you say in the restaurant? Did you kiss somewhere else? Uh, it's like where? In a tree? Like, we did not make out in a tree. What's with this one? That sort of reminds me of the Britney Spears. Right. Barney and Britney <laughs> saying, that's like asking us not to breathe. We can't not breathe. Right. They're making out resumes at the apartment. <laughs> we get a Barney and Ted across the table high five. Lily continues to object to Ted's reuniting with 
Karen and Ted points out that her real Lily's real motivation and why she hates Karen is because Karen lingered. We get a classic <laughs> Lily. You son of a bitch. Robin needs clarification. We get another flashback, February 5th, 1998. Lily was painting, and we get, of course, Marshall Posey nude with the rose. <laughs> right, and Karen walks in and then takes her sweet time leaving, very much lingering, at least in this. Retelling. In, yes, in Lily's version, who knows what actually happened. And she leaves and then actually comes back. I don't think it's ever in, in contention that she lingered and, <laughs> okay. and admired Marshall. So she leaves and then comes back, insults the painting, and then lingers some more. <laughs> she said the color palette is a bit derivative of early Van Gogh, don't you think? <laughs> now, most people, I think that is the, actually the right way to pronounce it, is Van Gogh. Right, but it's the most pretentious way to pronounce it. Yeah, but most people, at least in this country, pronounce it Van Gogh. But it just makes her, it does, does a lot to make her sound more pretentious. Right. They want to know why the, she was painting Marshall nude. She says because he ate her bowl of fruit, but we know that's not the case. Maybe that's not the original than, story. Maybe there's more than one nude painting. No, that's it. That's the one. He's on a bench. He's holding a rose. That's the one. I don't know. <laughs> so my only point here is that right. no, they changed the story. story yeah. yeah. And it just sort of seems like it was a different writer. There was a new crop of writers for this episode, but they got so much of the other callback, right? Why would they get this one wrong? Right. Yeah. Who knows? So Lily goes on. She's fine with all the other crap, but she, she catches her peeping on her man's junk and she lingers. You got to get got, which I've never heard anyone say before or since. <laughs> it sounds tough and funny, but so, the internet seems to think that this and Robin's The Game is the Game are versions of things that were said on The Wire, but oh. I've never seen The Wire, so I can't comment. I've seen The Wire, but, I mean, it's five seasons, six seasons, I can't remember these. I've only seen it once through. I mean, if it was a Seinfeld line, I probably would have recognized it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ted says, relax, it was one night, and then the next week after that, and one morning. But at least I had pants on Marshall, although actually I didn't. <laughs> right. And Robin's confused because this happened in in their apartment. Yeah, she's confused about where she was. And Ted lets her know that the sleeping pills that she's taking because of her crazy work schedule are stronger than she realizes. And we get some weird flashes of Robin in the apartment. Either passed out or passing through in a daze. I think it is funny, one, that she's walking through and says they're making out on the couch Ted and Karen, and Robin says, hey, Ted, hey, Lily, don't worry, I won't tell Marshall. <laughs> right. And then she's also passed out on the kitchen floor eating ribs. She's not really passed out, though. She's still eating them. <laughs> but her eyes were closed. Yeah, it was a very confusing scene. Although it's a callback to when Ted points out that she can't lie without laughing. Yeah, I was thinking about this, because that and already the, happened, right? Yeah, and they... But so this maybe just this, happened. So did this happen twice? It must have. <laughs> I think that's the insinuation here. They don't reference that, but it is a callback that right. So yes, she, maybe. she likes to eat ribs after falling asleep. <laughs> and then we get a good pretentious Karen again of, I'm going to grab a beer. You want one? Beer. I'll start decanting the Bordeaux. <laughs> <laughs> we get a long monologue from Barney about... <laughs> right. About how Ted actually kind of sucks. It starts off with, you know, I understand you were like this before you met me, but now you know me. And then he, it's just all over the place. 
it's kind of funny, but it's my I think my least favorite part of the episode, just because it doesn't go anywhere. Okay, fair. Robin wants to know what's going to happen now. Marshall says the story's already written. It's like Lucy with the football, which I think most people know that story, even if they've never read. Mm-hmm. It's such a common reference of the, the peanuts where Lucy always talks Charlie Brown into trying to kick a field goal football. Mm-hmm. And she always pulls the ball away last second, and he falls. He goes flying in the air. But over and over again, she convinces him right. to do it. And he always falls for it. Ted says, no, not this time. And here's what happened. They were doing it at Karen's house, or apartment, and some guy walks in, her boyfriend, who's ridiculously hot. <laughs> really, like your type. really good looking guy. Not my type, but game respects game. Fair. Yeah, no, he was very good looking. And Ted pulls the, <laughs> sorry, sorry, bro. bro. <laughs> and then we get a interesting, I don't know what to call this. Ted referring to himself as a meathead. Me, Ted, meathead. I don't oh. know what this is supposed to be. I don't know. And he's looking for a high five from someone, and no one will give him one. <laughs> right. Then he tries to change the story back to when Marshall forgot his pants. Yeah, and Marshall then goes on to shame him. Robin urges Marshall to go ahead and tell the rest of the pants story. So Mar- <laughs> Lily comes down to his office with the pants and runs Why into does Barney. Why did she have to do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> runs, in, runs into Barney and asks... <laughs> I, I kind of like this back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Barney wants to know what she's doing there. She has to give Marshall something, and Barney thinks this is code for a nooner. And Lily says, but she's in a hurry. Can she just give it to him? Barney's like, yeah, sure. And then you'll give it to him? <laughs> and then he'll give it to Marshall. <laughs> Barney, wait, I don't know about all that. I mean, you just have to be really good. <laughs> so What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, what is, what is Barney willing to receive and then pass on to Marshall? I mean... I mean, good for him and all, but... It, it, I, I assume it... This, this podcast, again, is very sex positive. <laughs> right. I mean, I assume it's oral. I guess it could be a handy. Okay. I assume it's not sex. They, <laughs> they cleared it up. Barney will pass on the pants. He knows that Marshall has a really important meeting today. It would be very embarrassing and not at all funny if he were to show up not wearing pants. Yeah, Lily really dropped the ball on this one. She does this from time to time. Right. And so Barney gave him the pants, but of course first made some alterations we see. So Barney is maniacally cutting up the pants, and the material is humorously but unrealistically flying about. This is very reminiscent of when he's destroying the videotape of him singing to Shannon. And, like, the tape from the videotape is flying everywhere (laughs) in a way that it wouldn't really do if you were tearing it apart. Right. And then we get Marshall giving his presentation of this contract. We don't see him all the way down at first, but then we do. The pants are really just cut off at the thigh. Right. Very jagged. And we get around the room. And I like these. You know, when did you join ACDC? I think the Oliver Twist auditions are down the hall. Please, sir, may I have some more pants? (laughs) <laughs> and then Barney <laughs> laughs so hard retelling the story that he falls out of the booth. <laughs> yeah, I went to, this was years ago, maybe 10 years ago. I had a buddy that was 
starting to bartend near an office that I was working at, and so I went to go visit him. And his bartending outfit was shorts, but then he was wearing a dress shirt and a tie. Oh, yeah. And so I unloaded all these lines on him. Oh my god! Because I thought it was such it was an like awkward a look. Themed bar. Yeah, that's right. And so I, I, I repeated all of these, and he just—he <laughs> didn't get the reference, but he took the jokes in stride. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. Lily tries to finish the Karen story, saying she got exactly what she wanted. And then Ted left without saying anything. Ted said, "Not this time." And then Ted told her off, and he did a pretty good job with it. He points out that she does this every time she wants to break up with someone but doesn't have the guts. Karen ultimately agrees with him, She's, but not until she points out all the things she's great at. She's great with books, art, and identifying French wines from within a mile of where the grapes are grown. But she's bad at relationships. And Ted tells her that she's a really hurtful and reckless person and he never wants to see or speak to her again. Au revoir. And then we get Mrs. Corrector. <laughs> right. Actually means until we see each other again, and she assumes that they will, in fact, see each other again. And Ted has a great exit line. Sorry, Sorry bro. bro. Which would have been perfect, but alas. <laughs> and so they all like stand and applaud. <laughs> this Marshall's still wearing the short, the pants that have been cut up. And again, <laughs> right. for some reason, I, I feel bad for Jason Siegel because he really doesn't have good calves, <laughs> and they keep trying to make that a thing for him. <laughs> But Lily thinks, well, maybe it was good that you went through all this. And, you know, Ted said that. Actually, it was because she, later that night, she sat down with the boyfriend and had the breakup talk that she always avoided with Ted. And then again, we get Lily. Well, but first we get the narrator, like, cutting in to, like, do the closing. And then Lily, cuts <laughs> Lily kind it of off. interrupts. <laughs> She's so sharp this episode. Right. So if you weren't going to talk to her again, how do you know she took your advice? And Ted delivers this last line very quickly as Karen (laughs) is entering. Right. Well, about that. After after she broke up with that dude, she called me. We went out. We hooked up. We've been dating ever since. We've really seen eye to eye. Just feels different somehow. Here she comes now. Be cool. (laughs) And then she enters and everyone gives a half-hearted. I like how when, yeah, Karen. (laughs) I like how when she re-enters after a breakup and they get back together, she's so cheerful and happy. Right. And has like a really nice smile about it all as if nothing happened. Right. So now Ted and Karen are back together, which will lead to next week's episode, which was going to be awesome. Yes. I've said this before. This is, I think, the best one-two punch of the entire series. Unfortunately, you know, it's downhill from here, although there are better ranked episodes than what I've ranked this in the next one, but we'll get to that in a minute. Though The other thing I'm not sure if I mentioned is, you know, we have our... as. As far as recurring guests go, we have our number two and number four favorite recurring guests in the Karen character and the Scooter character, both Mm -hmm. in one episode. So I I really love it when we have some of the best all in one episode. You put Simon in here, it really would have knocked it out of the park. (laughs) Where do you think I ranked this? Oh, let's see. I'm going to go with number 20. No, I ranked it eight. Eight, okay. There there are so many knockdown lines in this, so many things we reference. You got some of the best recurring characters, so many great callbacks. It's just such a great con- constructed episode. Yes, I agree with you that the pants stuff wasn't as funny as I remembered it being. Yeah, I thought the pants stuff was going to drag it down a bit. 
It didn't really. I, I think there was enough in it to make it as good as things in a, in the season two episode. I think it was season two worthy. The Karen stuff is probably some of my favorite stuff in the entire series. So that really boosted it. I mean, everything, every line she had was it was amazing. <laughs> All right, what was your favorite joke? I think it was Marshall's list of things that would be worse than Ted calling Karen, <laughs> and then Lily's response. <laughs> That was okay, although I didn't like the evil Knievel yeah. thing. I don't, I'm not sure. That didn't seem very Marshall-esque to me. I disagree I, with that. but Because he, he tried to ride his bicycle down. Yeah, I mean, can't you just picture Marshall being an evil Knievel fan? Like, that's not a stretch. Uh, now that you say it, there's things that come later. Actually, all in that episode where, was I drunk or a kid? <laughs> right. One of them was driving the car down the road the, uh, the opposite way, but that was a kid, and one was riding a bicycle down, trying to ride a bicycle down a ladder from his roof. <laughs> so yeah, based on that, but before this, there was nothing that would indicate that. Yeah, but just based on his personality, I could see it. I'd say my second favorite was had to have been his delivery of, I think you're hugging wrong. Okay. <laughs> my favorite was Karen's, what is that? <laughs> it's a TV. Oh, I don't watch TV. <laughs> That had to be by far my favorite in this. <laughs> Most stuff out of her mouth were. I, I think my least favorite was Barney's monologue about how horrible Ted is, even though he's BS, post-BS, Barney Stinson. Damn. Do you have a least favorite? I did. I, can't. I would think it, yours oh, would be the Massengill. Or no, not the Massengill, but the tore his cervix. Oh, no, that one I didn't mind as much. I Actually, my worst, we didn't even talk about it, was when... Uh, Lily says that Karen turned Ted into one of her douche zombies, and Marshall responds to, I want to eat your brain, but only if it's organic and grass-fed. Yeah, I didn't like that one either, although the organic and grass-fed almost kind of saved it. Yeah, I mean, there weren't a lot of bad jokes in this, so that was... No, and even the one I brought up, I still laughed. (laughs) I thought it was my my least favorite joke, but I still (laughs) laughed when he said it. So next week we have The Front Porch, which is a continuation of this episode. We get more Karen and more great Karen. We get Bridge. (laughs) One Bridge. Two Bridge. We'll figure it out. It's important (laughs) to stay active as you get. Where can folks find us and write to us? You can find us at RunkleRecaps.com. Email us at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. On Twitter at RunkleRecaps. On Instagram underscore how I met your podcast underscore. Before we go, I should point out that we did figure out a way that pepperoni can be fascist. I did a little bit of research, and it turns out that I found a CNN article from June of 2020, whereby an Ohio couple said they were shocked and disappointed when they opened their ready-made pizza to see pepperonis arranged in the shape of a reverse swastika. Yikes. This was a Little Caesars. They finally, you know, they complained ultimately, and the people that did it got fired. But I just wanted to say that, although I generally disagree with Karen, uh, she had a lot of foresight. Maybe there was another wave of pizza swastikas with pepperoni back in this time frame. This whole conversation makes me very uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm Jewish. I'm allowed to talk about this. I'm not, and I'm not. Uh, well, you know, next time there is a, an attack on women's rights with pepperoni, we'll report on that and you can be the lead. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, somehow Steve has figured out a way that pepperoni could be fascist, so yes. it can be done. 
Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next week for The Front Porch. Bye.